It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle, our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN, and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for episode 205 of the Three Point Podcast. Our starting lineup includes Crow Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing in the ALS Association of Michigan. We also would like to give a big shout out and special welcome to our newest partner, The Wash, a state-of-the-art laundromat in West Town, Owasso. Thanks to Stephen and Jessica Myers for joining the team. You know, guys, part of our catch-up, we always like, like it when... Uh, new sponsors hop on board and you know participate in social media like instagram and and i mean it's just awesome they listened to our podcast they saw some of our posts and said hey we want to be a part of the team that's what it's all about yeah i think it's cool i think we've all talked about having like local partners on we're, we're proud to be from corona you know corona Wasso area so it's cool to have partners local businesses on uh, to help support us but then we can help support them too like you said with our social media posts and like all the the kind of events that we do with Rivals, Tap House and Grill, you know, to help get the word out about Rivals and stuff. So hopefully we can do that with the wash. And I don't know if you guys have looked at pictures, but this isn't your like run of the mill laundromat. Like they're doing stuff like you can go in there for photo shoots. Obviously you can do your laundry. So Jared, you don't have to take your laundry back to your mom and dad's house. So I'm sure (laughs) they're happy with that. But like you can actually go in there for photo shoots and stuff. This is like a a pretty cool uh, laundromat. Yeah, I'll be I'll be honest. I'm bummed that I live, you know, about an hour away now, because if I didn't, I would be going to this laundromat, even if I was still at my parents house. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, we all know how cool like West Town is just in general. West Town's kind of on the come up, you know, it's it a, lot, a few new businesses the last like year or so, I feel like. Uh, and this place is awesome. Like you said, it's not only is it a, is it a laundromat. I've seen that you can like drop off your clothes, come back. They're perfectly folded for you to scoop up, take home. Uh, and like you said, the photo shoots, I've already seen a few different girls that I know, uh, ha- that have taken photo shoots inside this place. Looks awesome. Yeah. yeah. I've seen the photos and I've actually been inside the facility, you know, and what's impressive, uh, you know, Steve and his wife, they have a, a real estate background. So they bought the building mainly for 
uh, the rental properties upstairs and they thought they were going to be leasing out the laundromat part. But uh, lo and behold, that wasn't part of the deal. So okay. they went in, remodeled it, put in all new machines. I mean, it just looks awesome. Uh, they're great people and uh, I'm excited to have them on board. No, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll be curious to see like how much they grow. Like you guys said, that area of town is growing. So it's cool to see new businesses come in to kind of hopefully keep things growing and moving and stuff. But you mentioned like the laundromat. I I didn't know that, that they actually intended, they, they just went in for the rental properties and the yeah, laundromat kind of just, huh, that's that's kind of crazy. But we've talked about TikTok. I know, Ted, we've we've got you on, on TikTok. We've talked about that. <laughs> we've talked about that a little bit, but... <laughs> Speaking of TikTok, TikTok I saw one the other day. I did I, I I may have brought this up on the podcast. I don't remember, but I saw one the other day. Um, this this dude that owns a chain of laundromats in New York City. Right. Did I bring this up? I uh, no. keep going. Okay. Yeah, I must have been telling someone else. But so again, New York City, a little different than Owasso, Michigan, but still the you know, the story is there. And he was taking videos of him collecting his change in the laundromats, and right. he was like tallying up like how much money. And he was the the one that I watched one laundromat. He had like 10 of them or something. He was making like $2,800 profit per day per laundromat. And, wow. you know, you start tallying that up, you know, maybe, you know, what if, if that's a lot of money, you know, who knows, but I, like for a laundromat, I, just, I was just like, that's insane because yeah. he, he was saying like the upfront cost, as long as your machines don't break down. Yeah. You got to pay rent. But other than that, it's just, People putting in quarters and you're just collecting those quarters. So, so yeah, hopefully this one does well. Hopefully we can, you know, spread the word a little bit and, and Jared, you know, you can lighten the load on your parents with your laundry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it looks incredible. Uh, something about laundromats. They're just, there's something that's like old school about it. And that's awesome. I've actually never even went to a laundromat, but I think I have to <laughs> go to this one and just give it a test run and see what it's all about. That's like how it's like, it keeps calling to me. I need to go to this place. Uh, but I'm, I, I, I'm going to throw this out, uh, moving along uh, to my, the catch-up portion. Uh, I got a bit of a, uh, a admission to make. I love the All-Star game. I, I always have, always will. I don't know what it is about the NBA All-Star game. It's all the stars are there. They they make a great weekend every year. I mean, we, we don't need to talk about the dunk contest, three-point contest. It was horrible. But in terms of the actual All-Star game, I don't care if they're trying or not. I love it every single year. Better, way, way, way better than any other sport. Better than baseball. Better than football. It's the best players in the world playing basketball on one court. I don't care if they're trying or not. The stars are out, and I love it every year. I'm with you. I, I said before we started recording, I didn't watch as much of the All Star Weekend as I used to. Usually, I watch almost all of it. This year, I was a little busy or whatever. We were doing some stuff, but. I did um, tune in a little bit, and I'm I'm 100 with you. I think the dunk contest is is a little played out. Maybe they you know they maybe need to go back to the rules, the old yeah. rules where you don't just get unlimited amount of attempts. You know, I think that changes things. One thing with the dunk contest too is if it's not the stars, if it's not Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, Kobe Bryant, you know, all the stars participating, that changes it a little bit. The three point contest, I think that's cool. Just seeing dudes light it up, I think that's fun. But yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you on the all-star game because it's the best in the world. Legit, the best basketball players in the world just out there like playing pickup ball. Yeah, like it doesn't get competitive until the last few minutes, but they're out there throwing alley-oops, doing ridiculous dunks, shooting from half court, and Steph Curry's making 100 threes during the game last night. So I think awesome. it's fun. 
Um, that I, the MLB all-star game, I think, and I would assume Ted probably agrees. The one thing about the MLB all-star game, you can't really fake it. Like, you know, basketball, you can go out and kind of like, you know, just mess around. You can't really do that in baseball. Like the pitcher is not just going to like underhand a pitch up there, or, you know, the batter is not going to just like throw down some stupid bunt. You actually kind of have to like play baseball and you're playing for the uh, home field in the world series. So I do still like the MLB all-star game, but I'm, I'm all in on NBA. Yeah. You kind of set me up there, Matt. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. I'd say major league baseball all-star game for me anyway, uh, is, is the top dog just because they're really playing, you know, it's a real game, but the NBA all-star has kind of sold me a little bit as far as the star power that, that comes and watches the game, the way they present it. Yep. I mean, who can't fall in love with Machine Gun Kelly playing out there in the celebrity game, right? <laughs> Megan Fox sitting there at the sideline and everything else that goes along with that. But, uh, yeah, they, they play, you know, they show I'm off. I'm impressed their, that you knew who Machine Gun Kelly was. You like that? that? You know, the guy. <laughs> this guy lives on the good. internet, man. That's what you don't understand. <laughs> and I think that's what slowly we've started to realize is he lives on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Not too bad for an old guy, Jared. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty good. I now that you're retired, I've noticed it even more. There's there's no shows that get by you. There's no oh, yeah. there's no social media. There's no new app. You're on TikTok now. It's you're fully caught up. See, it's something for you to look forward to many many years down the road. You know, to that chill yep. time. But uh, I, I got to tell you guys though that uh, I didn't see any of the All Star Game. I really caught up on it on Sports Center. I mean, I think they do a, just a tremendous job. You know, showing you what you really need to see. Had other things going on, but. Uh, uh sounds like another successful all-star game and like you said steph curry what 50 points 16 trifectas i mean that's amazing and that's the thing like yeah it's a little bit of a joke but like when you see the dude he was pulling up like basically from half court hitting these three pointers that's just cool to see it's just like the people who like bash the all-star game and say like oh they're just messing around they're not taking it serious it's like it's the all-star game like legitimately this is their like little vacation during the season have yep. fun, mm-hmm. go out there and hang out with your buddies. Like, think about it. When you get together with your buddies and just go shoot around, this is what you're doing. You're just messing around, throwing alley-oops and whatever. They're just yeah. basically showing off for the fans. You know, the one thing, though, I, I laughed about, I did, I tweeted it out, but uh, Reggie Miller, you know, was calling the game on TNT. And he said something along the lines of, like, at the beginning of the game, he was, like, you know, trying to, like, tell the fans. He was, like, so just so you know, the first few minutes of this game are going to be slow because the guys don't really get warmed up. So they got to get into the game. And I'm just sitting there thinking, yeah, that's part of it. But I, I just think they're really hung over and they're just, I mean, we we've all been there. Like when you go yeah. over and you, you go to the gym or you go try and do something active, it takes a minute to kind of get the blood flowing, get the sweat going. And that's what it looks like to me. So I, I it would be awesome. I, I can't imagine. I'd love to hear like, inside stories of all-star weekend it's probably still really cool but like back in ted's day when there was no social media people worried Mm -hmm. about being on camera the 70s 80s of nba all-star weekend was probably like wild oh yeah you gotta believe that it's the case for sure so would we all agree um well maybe not all agree but you got the major league baseball all-star game you got the nba all-star game hockey we really aren't into that that much but i'm sure it's fairly good but i don't even know what their format is the way they right. do it nowadays it's so so confusing and yeah, they used to do it was kind of cool they went to like usa versus the world for a while yeah, right? i like that that's kind of cool i don't know, I don't know if they that, still do that. i know they do like it's like three on three now it's actually oh. pretty awesome i mean i saw that yeah. when they were in las vegas this year and 
uh, they were doing like shootouts on the Bellagio fountain. Like they actually did some cool stuff. I, I'm not like a big NHL guy, but just due to my job, I was, I was kind of seeing it and cutting clips from it. And this guy did uh, the old uh, Vince Vaughn from dodgeball, Trevor Zegris, <laughs> who's a rookie, put on the whole dodgeball outfit, blindfolded himself and had like a sweet goal. Um, but no, it's cool. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because it's like the kid in me that comes alive every all-star game, but yeah. I'll tell you what, I probably watch. I watch the all-star game every year. Like it's a religion more than any M- NBA regular season game up to this point, probably more than just about anything but the playoffs. I, People bitch about it, but when you think about it, it's like it's everything that's awesome about basketball. Guys throwing up like half quarters, and it's not like they're missing them. It'd suck if they were missing them. They're putting up like 200 points. Yeah. Guys doing alley-oops, guys shooting up, shooting like three balls from the logo. I'm just all for it. And I, Ted, you, I know you don't like it. I know you say it's number two. And even the MLB All-Star game, yeah, I understand why it should be better because they're pretty much actually playing a game and there is something on the line, but just doesn't have the same star power. And that's really what brings me to it. It just, there's not nearly as much star power in an MLB game as there is uh, the NBA all-star. Well, in in MLB in general, if you're looking for star power, it's not even close between MLB and the NBA. I mean, NBA is a, is a star driven league, you know? I mean, there's, there's no question about it and they market it that way. I do think, and again, this is where our generational discussion and viewpoint comes into effect. When I was younger, I was just like you. I mean, I loved, I just loved the NBA All-Star game. Of course, it was a different game then, but but as I've gotten older, you know, I, other things are important. I still, you know, it's still pretty cool, but I'm not into it like I was when I was young. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, um, I don't know if you were getting to this earlier, but we went through the different sports. I think, are we all on board that the Pro Bowl, the, you know, NFL all-star game is, they just need to do go. away with it. They yeah, just need to do away go. with it. <laughs> Get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. They got yeah. with something else. Yeah. I don't know how you fix it, really. It's, uh, football is just such, I mean, you watch an NFL game, it's like five guys get hurt every game. So I, yeah. I so there's no way to do it without something like what happened to Drew Brees. What was that? Like 10, 12, 13 years ago where he like tore his ACL during the Pro Bowl. I just don't <laughs> know how you ever avoid that. Right. And that's the thing. I think it was Darius Slay tweeted after or during the Pro Bowl um, because a lot of fans obviously were saying this, like this is such a joke. These dudes out here, like just basically screwing around. And he he basically like alluded to like the Pro Bowl is basically a month after the regular season ends. And he was like, hey, man, usually when the season ends, if you're not in the playoffs, you're just ready to get away from football for a few weeks yeah. and like just let your body heal. And if you're in the Pro Bowl, you kind of have to like stay in shape a little bit so you don't go out there and pull a hammy or something. So, yeah, of course, these dudes are going to go out there and just like mess around. I like the skills thing. Like if you wanted to have a Pro Bowl weekend. Yeah. Sometimes the skill stuff is kind of fun. Like, Ted, I'm sure you remember back in the day when they had like the quarterback, see who could throw it the farthest. Oh, yeah. You know, stuff like that. Maybe do something like that if you really want to have it. I think also like having it in Hawaii actually is like a little incentive. I know, like, travel stuff right now is weird, but, you know, that actually makes people, players think, like, cool, I get a trip to Hawaii and my family and stuff. So maybe that's part of it. But, yeah, the actual game is pretty lame. Yeah. Yeah, totally well, agree. that was one thing I would say is I, I love that Cleveland gets the opportunity to have an all-star game. One, when was the last time that Detroit had an all-star game? Like, 50 years ago? I don't ever remember that. Yeah. So everyone at that- the Palace? I do you remember it? I don't remember it. Um, I think they had one at the palace. I think they had one. I would assume. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there was. I, I, to be, I'm just saying, I don't remember when yeah, it right. was. And it was before. It'd be cool time. to have one in Detroit, but I'll just say, I, I hate to say it, and Detroit's probably in this category. The All Star Game should only be at places like Las Vegas, Miami, Miami. Uh, L.A. It, it, that was the one thing that kind of sucked. Is it's in Cleveland, and you could just tell the players were like, "This place sucks." So, that was <laughs> other like than LeBron, <laughs> yeah, other than LeBron, who it LeBron's been in the news so much lately, it, it, he cracks me up with. And Matt, I can kind of see why you sort of been anti-LeBron for a long time, dude. Every time you interview, they interview that guy, he's got a new comment that feels like it's just disregarding the Lakers. His most right. recent one was they asked him something about, hey, have you ruled out, like, returning to Cleveland, like, in the next, like, year or two? And he said, oh, I haven't ruled that out. It's like, <laughs> right. it's just, what are you, I thought you, wasn't it the whole point of the L.A. move was, like, this is where I'm living now, I'm not moving my kids anymore, I'm doing movies here, like, this is where the future of, like, my life is. And now he's basically just disregarding that and going back on it entirely, but. We spent yeah. too much time talking about Bronny as is. I'll yeah. just throw that out as a second comment or that. Too much right. time on his son. I mean, it, it is – I can't imagine the feeling of being the level of player LeBron is and to think he might get to actually play a season with his son in the NBA. <laughs> like, that. that's pretty wild yeah. to think about. That would be pretty cool. But to your point, if, if I'm the Lakers, they got the ring out of LeBron this offseason. I'm like, hey, man, you're basically checked out of being a Laker – Let's yeah. Let's both look at each other and say let's let's move on from this whole situation. I looked it up. 1959 is the only All Star game in Detroit. Oh wow! Yeah. See, I was like, wow. when was there ever? There's never. How has there never been one in Detroit? Even we had a new stadium, two new stadiums now. Right. Still has a game to Detroit. That's right. a mind blower. That shocks me. Even at the this was at Olympia Stadium. Oh, it wasn't that? even at Cobo. <laughs> right. So yeah, not even at the Silverdome. Not even right. at the Palace when it was brand new. Not even at Little Caesars Arena. Like that, yeah, I'd be curious why Cleveland gets yeah. it, but Detroit doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's time for them to get in rotation. Get that Bally Sports uh, propaganda going, Jared. Get them <laughs> yep. down there, man. Hey, before we get out of this segment and talk about, well, we might talk a little Michigan basketball and some excitement there at the end of the mm-hmm. game. Uh, I got one for you guys. Now, I don't know in your personal life, if you have a lot of vivid dreams and, and you remember your dreams, do either one of you guys do much dreaming? Yeah. <laughs> I have what some would call sleep paralysis where I'll wake up in the middle of the night, won't be able to move, think there's somebody standing over me. So yeah, you could say that I'm dreaming. I guess we, I guess we've heard that one before. Uh, well, here's, here's quick, a quick story. Wait, quick yeah. story. Yeah. Ted or Jared, <laughs> if, if slash when you have kids that will happen to you in real life. Because I've had multiple times where I'm dead asleep and, you know, your eyes just start to drift open and my daughter is standing right there just staring at me. You know, she's that does sound freaky. It is. She's like half asleep, too. You know, she just woke up, comes in. You wake up and it's like, oh, God, are you all right? (laughs) Yeah. thing that's creepy is in most scary movies, like if there's an exorcism or a ghost, the ghost always goes for the kid first. So that's kind of why that would creep me out. Kind of crazy. All right, Ted, go ahead. Well, yeah, I was going to say that kind of went off on a di- little different tangent than what I was <laughs> leading to. Uh, but I, you guys might appreciate this. I had a, I had a dream recently, very vivid, the last couple days. And it, the setup is this. I'm sitting in my living room, and on the couch is Jared. On the couch is Matt. And sitting sitting right next to me is Aaron Andrews. And I go, what? hey, Aaron, 
how about coming on our podcast? And she rolled her eyes and goes, podcast. And then I started to explain to her what we're all about. And at the end of the dream, she said, oh, heck yeah, I'll hop on board. And then I woke up. So It's a solid get. Isn't That's that a, a solid get. Solid? Aaron Andrews. Yeah, man, can't wait to have her on now. I, <laughs> well, what a weird. Maybe that's a sign. I, I don't know if I like that the the group of people that were in this dream. I don't know. That just seems like a weird dream to be a part I of. I think maybe, maybe it's I'm taking this podcast way too serious. Maybe that's or, or or we're not taking it seriously enough. We need right. to reach out to people like Aaron Andrews or you know Joe sure. Buck or Troy Aker. You know who knows? Maybe we need to go that route. So hey, the worst thing they can do is say no, right? Yeah, if shoot you know, her a once, DM. Slide once into I those gave her DMs, the sales kid. pitch, she was all in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, seeking uh, talking of sales pitches, uh, I don't know if Juwan Howard's going to have to do one with Ward, Ward Manuel or the Big Ten Commissioner, but uh, we'll talk about that situation right after this from some of our friends. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, guys, I think I think out of the podcast, I was the only one watching it live, but I know you're both updated. Uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that as we get this rolling. My opinion has changed a little bit both ways. It, at first, it was like, what the hell? Like, Juwan is embarrassing us. It's Greg Gard. Greg Gard is really going to irritate you that much by calling a timeout. Yeah, should he have called the timeout? Probably not. But was it that big of a deal where it's literally going to make you, like, blow your lid? No. And... And this is now the second time that this has happened to, to Juwan, which if it had, if this was the first incident, I would be like, oh, you know, who cares? This guy, I, I would basically turn it all on Greg Gard. What did that guy say? What did he do? He clearly did something that set off Juwan. But the fact that this is now the second coach in two years that has basically made Juwan lose it makes me worried. And it's embarrassing, especially when this team just sucks. You know, the team's not very good. It's embarrassing to watch him play on the court. Now I'm embarrassed watching him off the court. It, it's just it's just not a good look for Juwan. And I, I know Matt, I'm sure you probably are are feeling that maybe he was enticed in doing what he was what he did. And hundred percent I agree. I, I hate Greg Gard now. That's a fact. And that assistant coach, we still haven't had his name leaked out. I probably could look it up on the website and find it. That felt the need to step in and basically be a hero uh on Wisconsin side. I'm glad that Juwan just like palmed his head. He completely got bitched when he palmed his head like that. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's just not a good look. I really do think Juwan, sadly, I think he's gone for the rest of the year. The good thing is if there was a team that I don't want uh, their stank rubbing off on Juwan, it's this team. So <laughs> if he has to take the rest of the season off, so be it. Bring him back next year. People who are saying that he should be fired or people who are acting like this is such a, a freaking big deal, like it's like, yeah, basically a fireable offense. I don't see it. It's not like he threw a punch. Literally palmed the guy's head. Got him away after the guy was pushing his own team. So I don't see the huge deal, but I do think that it's worthy of suspension. And I said the suspension should be about 10 games, but there's not 10 games left in the season. So in other words, he's gone for the rest of the year, in my opinion. Yeah. So, okay. I got to take a deep breath here. <laughs> where, where do I start? So uh, first of all, like, yeah. So you said, Ted, I, I wasn't watching. We, I was, I was at the park with my family, you know, I, 
I knew I knew Michigan was playing, but it was a beautiful day. So we we're like, let's go to the park. Let's get outside. I was checking the score a few times. You know, I hopped on quick, check the score. I saw they were basically losing the whole time. So I was like, eh, whatever. But then all of a sudden, like my phone, I was like bzz, 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 in my pocket. I'm like, dude, what's going on? So I, I open it and I see it like Ted <laughs> and I see like the, I have a group thread with, you know, friends, Michigan fans blowing up like crazy. So I'm like, oh, maybe they like buzzer beat or something crazy. So I hopped on first and checked the score. Saw they lost. So I was like, oh, whatever, Ted. And you, you basically texted like, are you guys watching this? And I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, they, it looks like a typical Michigan. They played like crap. But then I hop in and I see like my friends are sending clips of this fight. And I'm like, I tell my wife, I'm like, what the hell? I got to watch this. And I see it. And it's like, what is happening? Like, this is, this is insane. So then I start reading some texts and stuff. And, you know, I, I'm very curious to see what Michigan does because clearly we'll put this out there. Everything we say, whether we think Juwan was enticed, everything you said, Jared, I think everyone agrees that Juwan Howard crossed the line. He, whether he yeah. was pissed about the timeout, whether Wisconsin assistant coaches were doing what they did, whether guard grabbed him in the handshake line, Juwan crossed the line. You shouldn't have swung at the uh, assistant coach. That said, I think the Wisconsin coaches are just as much to blame as anyone in provoking Juwan this far. Because Juwan, like after the game, he clearly, as you laid out, I, I think Juwan maybe is a little bit of a sore loser. He doesn't take losing very well. So no, he doesn't. I'm out because of whatever happened. He stayed back and didn't initially get in the handshake line. So you, I think like clearly he was like, I need to cool down. I'm pretty pissed. And then he probably thought, but I need to go through the handshake line. I can't not yeah. go through handshake line. And he was trying to just walk past guard, whether that's adult, whether he's being a sore loser, whatever guard literally grabbed him and if there's one thing you don't want to do when someone's pissed off especially someone like john howard how mad do you get if someone grabs you and tries to like you know reason with you listen this is what i was trying to do so guard escalates the situation like crazy john's telling him you know don't effing touch me don't effing touch me leave me alone guard keeps grabbing him grabs his arm they get separated. Krabenhoft is the assistant you're talking about. Krabenhoft comes charging in like a madman and is screaming at Jawan. Who knows what he's saying? And if you watch the video, he shoves two Michigan players, two Michigan players who are trying to just like cool it down. He shoves two Michigan players. I'm not saying he like chucked them aside, you know, but he pushes two Michigan players. And then that's when Jawan comes in and takes the swipe at him. Yep. If guard doesn't grab Joan, if Kravenhoff doesn't come in like a madman, like he's the Hulk, like he's a freaking Avenger trying to save the day, I don't think any of this even happens. Again, Joan crossed the line. He should not have taken that swing. But if we're going to act like it's okay for Wisconsin coaches, one, to grab Joan in the handshake line, if we're going to act like that's okay, if we're going to act like it's okay for an assistant to come in like a madman screaming, yapping, going crazy – pushing other Michigan players, if all of that is okay, then we're like setting a bad precedent because I don't know, mo most people, you know, you, you kind of live by like the, you know, keep your hands to yourself. And if you don't, there's going to be retaliation. So be ready for it. And should, should Juwan have swung at him? You know, probably not. But if, if the Wisconsin coaches don't provoke the whole situation, I don't think any of this happens. Now, Juwan should get, I, I kind of agree with you. I think if Michigan wants to send a message and say like, this isn't cool, partly also because there's a little bit of a track record with Juwan, I think yep. suspending him for the rest of the year would, would send the message and say, Hey, like 
this is not cool. We're not going to fire you because, yes, the Wisconsin coaches did kind of entice you, provoke the situation, but this isn't acceptable. So you're done for the year. See you next season. I, I almost think like that's enough. I'm curious to see what the Wisconsin coaches get, though. Yeah. If they don't get anything, I'll be a little pissed about that. You know, on the one hand, I, I get what you're saying about the Wisconsin coach and the grab at the sideline. But, you know, if I look at it as a non-biased just viewer, and I was watching it 100% live, right? And, there, you know, Wisconsin had the game completely won. It was over. First of all, I didn't quite understand why Michigan was pressing them. But, okay, they got the backups in there. They're playing hard. Fine. You know, that, and they're putting pressure on them. Guard calls timeout because they were not going to get it across the timeline. Bush move, maybe. Okay. Juwan, if you go back to the film and watch him, he took the mask down, completely irritated at guard right there. And right then, you could see the wheel spinning. Juwan was pissed. He'd had enough. And let's face it, Wisconsin's got the reputation of being kind of a dirty team, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think Juwan hit his limit right there. Now, when the game was over, usually – Usually teams concede when they're down to the final 20 seconds and it's a 15-point ball game, right? You back off. The two coaches go shake hands. If Juwan didn't want to have a confrontation, you lead the line, shake hands, walk right on by. But he didn't do that. Like you said, whether it was right or wrong, he went to the back of the line and is trying to compose himself. Well, he needs to grow up because he didn't do a very good job of that. And then to get instigated by guard, yeah. Did he, did he touch him? Oh, yes, he did. He, and should he have probably been trying to explain himself at that particular moment? No. But Jawan Howard, you, I'm going to throw every bit of Wisconsin out of this. He's 100% wrong. He should get suspended for the rest of the year. You know, everybody's talking about, well, that ended up being a head slap. Well, I'll tell you right now, when I was sitting there watching it live at full speed, it looked to me like it was a punch to the face. Now, when they slowed it down, it may not have been technically a punch. But his intent was to hit him in the head. And he should, at the very minimum, be suspended for the rest of this season. And if they fire him, I'm on board with it. I'm okay with it. I, I don't think they should. I, what what, do we, they what should. happened to you? Wait, I'm just saying I don't think they should. You can't be punching somebody. He had this altercation already with Maryland. He's losing his mind. He's grabbing a live ball on the floor this season. What is wrong with him? He's got issues. And It's the team, man. The team would make me lose my mind. They aren't very good, and they're maybe the most boring brand of basketball there's ever been. Trouted, <laughs> trounced onto a Big Ten basketball floor. It's horrible. But I was like, I, said, I was watching the game, but I only made it about 25 minutes. You know, maybe the first five minutes of the second half before I had to shut it off. I literally Ooh. tweeted out to gouge my eyes out. Now I didn't want their whole season to come crumbling a few a few minutes later, but right. that's what happened. That's where we're at. The thing that Juwan said when he was going through the line was, "I'll remember that." Yeah, and yeah. that would have been classic if he would have just said that, kept walking. Exactly. Because here's the funny thing: you know, Wisconsin's basically capped out this year. What's the record? Twenty-one and five. Uh, Johnny Davis is a good player, but you know, probably they're still probably only gonna make it maybe Sweet Sixteen at best. Classic so Wisconsin. I would still put Michigan. Yeah, I would still like. You just know that their time is coming to yeah. get ran off the floor probably next year by Michigan. Uh, so I just wish he would have contained himself, but I don't know what happened to the. Ted, what happened to you, man? Did your balls drop off? You used to – I'm seeing you retweet right after this, the John Chaney and John Calipari uh, brush up from 1994. That was ten times worse. I don't even think anyone got any repercussions from that. Oh, they got a game, but there was no there was no blows. You're, they didn't come you're to You're talking blows. about how you're basically supporting firing Juwan over this. What? 
He did nothing. He palmed his head. Give him a slap on the wrist and move on with our lives. Yeah. The media well, is going to blow this way out of proportion. It was a brush up. If anything, the worst thing that happened was the players. Like uh, Diabate, right. that's what I mean. This season is over. Diabate threw a punch. A couple other players threw a punch. They're really? probably gone for the season as well. So the punishment is enough. You know, give them, give them the season. The rest of the season, you're done. Come back next year. If you do it one more time, you're gone. But to say you're on board with firing him, I, I don't see it. Oh, let me let me be clear. I'm not calling for him to be fired, but if they do fire him, I'm not going to be leading the picket line saying you must bring him back. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. and you know, honestly, I I think it's fair. Uh, you know, like I don't think he should be fired either. But I think maybe the the track record of some of this stuff happening before, and we all know Michigan thinks they're above anything like this, and they don't want to be the image, you know, all over all the sports shows, all over all the, you know, websites and everything. Michigan basketball coach getting in a fight, throwing a punch. Michigan does not want that. And there, there's a whole other side, too, that I think there's probably still a lot of people at Michigan who have bad feelings about the Fab Five. Yeah, a lot of people maybe are past it. They're happy with Juwan, you know, winning the Big Ten championship last year. But there's probably still a lot of people at Michigan who, you know, boosters, you know, alum, you know, whatever who still don't really like Juwan because of all the Fab Five stuff. So I think, you know, that might come into play too. And to, it, just the image of that you're seeing over and over of him taking a swipe at a dude, I think is what is going to stick in people's minds, whether Wisconsin provoked it or not, you know, who knows? And, you know, like you're Ted, you're saying, and I'm, I'm not really disagreeing with anything you're saying, but you're, you're saying like Juwan should be the bigger man and just walk by. Well, maybe guard should have been the bigger man also. And when he initially grabbed Juwan, clearly seeing how pissed off he was and him saying, you know, <laughs> just let him go. Right. Just let him go. Yeah. Just let him go. Why did he keep grabbing him? I mean, like, Ted, you, you've been a parent when when a kid is having and I'm not calling Juwan a kid, but when a kid's having a little bit of a meltdown, if you keep trying to reason with them that thing, it's just going to go up and up and up. And guard, he's as fired up as Juwan was. He was as fired up too. When he saw six foot nine Juwan staring down at him, maybe he should have been like, cool, let's move on. I'll, I'll call you maybe tomorrow. I'll text you, try and explain. But I, I, he's just as at fault as Juwan, I, in my opinion. And then so the assistant equal, coaches. Equally at fault. Right. And he should get the same suspension as Juwan. Probably that, not because be he didn't swing. He didn't, he didn't. Yeah, I mean, he didn't take a punch. So that, that's probably what it'll come down to. But the assistant coaches, there's a video. I, I like some now. Some people are really like like uh, uh dissecting film. it. Yeah, what, it's a pruder film, right? Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. They're they're like breaking this film down frame by frame, uh-huh. and they're seeing like the the Wisconsin coaches coming in and pushing Michigan players. There's a, a second Wisconsin assistant, uh, Chambliss is his last name. He tackled Terrence Williams. Yeah, I don't know if you watched the video. After Juwan took the swipe, he was trying to go after Juwan. He tackled Terrence Williams into the bench. And then Terrence Williams gets up, and two Wisconsin players come in swinging like madmen. And then that's why Diabate and Terrence Williams started swinging back. So, again, I'm not excusing anything that any of the Michigan coaches, players, anything that did. But, like, Wisconsin is just as much at fault. To me, like, you know, if there's a bar fight – and yes, the, the per- first person who takes a swing is going to, you know, probably be the one who gets in the most trouble. But like if a dude is like egging him on, poking him, poking him, poking him, talking trash in his ear, and then he swings, that guy who provoked him is just as much at fault to me. You know, if you're going to poke the bear like that, you better be ready to, you know, defend yourself. And if an assistant coach is putting his hands on a coach's players, 
I don't want my coach to <laughs> throw a punch, but you know, a coach is going to defend him, his players. Yeah. Yeah. But the right? punch, the punch is what escalated it though. Right. Don't you agree? I mean, if Howard would have just shoved him away, like Jared said, then walk on by saying, Hey, I'm going to remember this. If he just shoved him and walked on by, we wouldn't have had everybody else jumping into it. When they see your head coach throwing a haymaker, <laughs> all hell, all bets are off. Yeah, yeah but it, it could be, you know, all bets are off when the Wisconsin assistant coach comes in and is yapping in Juwan's well, face and pushing too. Michigan players. He's definitely at fault. Yeah. Yeah. He must have. Uh, I mean, we all want to know what that guy said. It yeah. probably will come out maybe at some point. I, I hope. Think. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if it was something dumb. I mean, what wasn't the whole Turgeon thing? It was, he said something about like the Juwan's Fab five days. I, I thought, am I remembering that right? He said something about the banners, one. like the banners. Yeah, came like, out. dude, I mean, if it, it, like, really, that sets you off that much? It's 30 years ago. It's when Ted right. was a kid. That right. It's like, what? <laughs> so it, 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 it would be embarrassing if something like that came out, that that's what that guy said. Um, but no, it, the way I look at it is Juwan's in the wrong. I suspend him for a year, like I said, right at the very start. And hopefully he comes back and doesn't, and doesn't do this again. But you yeah. know what the saddest part about this is? If there was a street fight between those two teams, I think Michigan would have got their ass whooped. Oh, they're, they're, I oh, mean, G-Fox oh. play basketball. They're yeah, that's not what I expected, there. That's not what so I expected you to say. You thought did, you think that it would go the opposite way around? Did you see those haymakers Diabate and Williams were throwing? <laughs> did you watch connected. the game? I mean, Brad Davison's no. freaking manning these guys out there. Oh, but you're, now you're defending Brad Davison. Okay. He did crack me up after. Did you guys see what he did after the yeah, fight? Yeah, he wanted like, to yes. sing their varsity song. Come on, let's go sing varsity. Let's go sing varsity. But, dude, that guy is so annoying, man. I mean, if anyone like... should have got a slap from Howard, it should have been that kid. Even yeah. though probably would have Howard would probably be in jail if that happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If he touched a player, this would be a completely different yeah. conversation. Oh, yeah. To my point, the Wisconsin assistant coach touching players, I think, should be a completely different conversation. Do you guys think, Jared, you've been kind of alluding to it. Do you think that Jawan's track record will kind of come into play with this? Like almost yeah. like in a sense, this isn't your first strike type of thing. You think like, you know, Michigan athletic department will look at it that way and be like, Hey man, like this is becoming kind of a little bit of a trend, you know? Yeah. Like I said, I think it's, I think it's strike number two <laughs> and anything like this again, he's probably gone. And yeah. if he keeps in like, I, I wouldn't really have a problem with it if he does it again, because it's showing that it's a consistent, problem Matt, do you honestly like let's say that let me just do a role-playing situation here if let's say the same thing happened it was like michigan michigan state michigan beat michigan state by 15 like michigan was getting pressed and they were about to turn it over so juan called a timeout do you guys actually think taking a timeout in that situation is like that bad i mean i've been in games where i'm getting blown out and it is like maybe the most annoying thing in the world where you have to sit in that blowout for another like two minutes before you can get off the court but to really set him off that much, I just I don't understand it. It, it was it that big of a deal. Not to me. I mean, I mean it, yeah, was the game already over? But like I said, he, he, coaching instinct jumps in. You're going to get a 10 second call. He just called timeout, so he didn't get the 10 second call. The timing of it terrible. Timing of it was terrible. And like I said, there's bad blood anyway. So it just you know how it is when your temper gets. You just start getting redder and redder. And I think yeah. that's what was going on with Juwan. Yeah. And like, you know, there's all these like unwritten rules with sports, you know, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to bunt when a no hitter is about to go, you know, all, all these kind of stupid, like no uh, unwritten rules. Like even people get pissed if the game is over, like the clock's about to hit zero and someone does like a fast break dunk, you know, right before. <laughs> but like yeah. to me, I, 
I don't mind that. I'm, I'm kind of like, well, then if you're mad about it, play defense, you know, don't, don't let them go do a fast break dunk. So that's, that's kind of where like in the, I don't know. I'm not trying to like say Jawan should have been pissed, but like guard in the press conference, there were still like four seconds left in that 10 second call when he said he wanted to call timeout. Right. And he was like, I didn't want to put my backups in that situation to get a, a backcourt violation. Yeah. So what now you're like babying your backups with four seconds left. You don't think they can get the ball across half court. Yeah. That was a stretch. So, and then, <laughs> and then he takes the shot. He has to slide it in. Maybe Juwan didn't know that rule that when you call a timeout, it resets. So now you're taking a shot there. That, so that was a good yeah. dig right there. That was a good dig. <laughs> I mean, it's a good dig, but you know, I, I think we all agree that it looked pretty funny. Yeah. Juwan towering have, over him. Yeah. Do you guys have a problem with Juwan not like apologizing? Basically, go, doubling down on everything that happened during the uh, post game. That's one thing I was going to bring up, I, and I was going to ask you guys. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see an apology. I think he might say something like, I should have handled myself better, you know, maybe like in that sense. But I think he, you know, Juwan is who he is. He, he has said before he was, he grew up on the south side of Chicago, the way that he was raised, you know, you don't, don't like touch me, you know, or I'm going to like defend myself. Basically, he has said multiple times. And I don't, I think he, he feels like he, the guard grabbed him. The assistant coaches came in and did what they did. And he, he may not like apologize for taking a swing. He may say like, you know, I should have handled myself better type of thing, but I doubt he apologizes because I think like that is who he is type of thing. You know, like he, he has said before, this is how I was raised. If you're going to test me, I'm going to come back at you type of thing. So like, should he apologize? I don't necessarily think he should apologize because I'm in the camp of, guard shouldn't have put his hands on him and the assistant coach shouldn't have come in and put his hands on the Michigan players, but like should to Ted's point and, you know, kind of what we're saying, should you want to have like handled it a little better? Sure. Yeah. But as far as apologizing for taking the swing, I don't think John's going to apologize for that. But that's the part I think he owes an apology is the swing, not, not apologize for the tension and you know, the temper and I'm going to remember that. The swing is what he has to apologize to me anyway. And yeah. I'll tell you one another one other thing. And this may be just me on my soapbox, because when I was young, I had a little bit of a fiery temper. Uh, but this whole south side of Chicago thing is driving me crazy. Yeah, he grew up in a rough part of town, and it was a tough upbringing. But I'll tell you what, he's lived the high life a lot longer than he did as a youngster. He knows what it's like to have a lot of money and to, and to have everything you want. So that whole South side of Chicago thing, that doesn't buy it to me anymore. But that it's like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks type of thing, right? Yeah. Like that's if that, that's too, how he but... was raised. And if you've got a coach challenging you, basically that South side of Chicago is going to come out in you. When you were, when you were at the restaurant and that old man was talking <laughs> crap to you in the car. You said you were about to snap, remember? <laughs> no, I, I knew that was going to get brought up, too. And, you know, I, the, the thing is, though, I was provoked more than once before I snapped. Right. It wasn't just. Uh, and I'll say this. Uh, just <laughs> yesterday, we went out to breakfast. And, you know, you you make a lot more money nowadays than you did when you were a little kid. But you still felt the, felt the need to complain about the dollar upcharge on your eggs for getting cheese on them. Oh, no, no. Listen to this, Matt. Listen to this. We went to a restaurant. And I wasn't upset about it. I was pointing it out to the, to the waiter. <laughs> My wife ordered a burger, right? And she, she orders her burger the same way every time. Ketchup and onion. There was an 89 cent upcharge for the little sliver of onion on there. And I just, I'm like, yeah, seriously, 89 wow. cents for a sliver of onion on a burger. Now, 
Trolls it, man. Back. Joel, I wasn't, it was the point, not the 89 cents. I said to the waitress, I was very kind to her too. I said, hey, uh, is this really true? 89 cents for a slice of onion? Yep, manager said, oh, the, the supply is uh, really tough, really taking it on the chin. I said, oh, okay. And that was the end of it. So, South side but of what, what, what did you? But, the, but you making that comment was you bitching about it. And uh, there was like, what else? You can't really. Like, I'm going to stick by it, Jared. When you're older, you point those things out. You don't just let them go. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's not right. So It might, yeah, it might yeah. down the road prevent me from going to that restaurant again. you got to be oh kidding me. Oh, my gosh. 89 I mean. cents for a sliver of onion? 89 onions? cents doesn't change anything with your life. Nothing. It should It should have just it, went it's it. It's the it, point, it, though. It's not the money. It's not the money. It is not the money. It's the point. So it's the point. Yes. Guard grabbed Jawan. Yes, should not did. have grabbed him. He, he, you're right. I didn't say he should have. <laughs> no, that is crazy. Uh, nice job I mean, not escalating the cheese situation. <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, you hear all about all the, the businesses, shortages, lumber, and all this other stuff. Right. 89 cents for a slice of onion? That I mean, would I have brought it up? I don't know. But I, I totally understand you bringing it up because that seems kind of crazy. That comes with age. I did not uh, I did not cause a scene. I did not bitch about it. Props I just to said, you, man. Is this really true? 89 cents for this onion? Oh. But to, to, Jared, to Jared's point, like you even saying that is kind of a little bit of a snarky because, like, do you think it was on the menu and it wasn't supposed to be on the menu? Wait a minute. Let me just back up for one second. In all my life, I have never gone to a restaurant and you order a burger with everything. They'll charge you for the cheese, but they won't charge you for the lettuce and tomato and pickle. Come on. <laughs> or onion. Right, or onion. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe avocado. Avocado nowadays yeah, you have to pay extra Okay, for. all right. This is a first. Hey, I, I, uh, to bring it full circle, uh, <laughs> the one positive about the Juwan thing, I do think it's going to resonate with the players currently on this team and with potential future recruits. I think I looked high school kids see that and say, man, I love this guy. He will go to war with me. And I just hope that that's what the overlasting uh, result of this is, is, hey, maybe it brings in a few more recruits. Well, before yeah, we wrap yeah. this part of it, guys, and Matt, I know you want to comment. Do we have any concerns at all about Juwan moving forward? Uh, I don't necessarily because I think this is who he's always been. I mean, do you do you want your coach losing your cool his cool like that? You know, no. But like, I'm not trying to compare this to anything Izzo's done because, as far as we know, Izzo hasn't taken a swipe at another coach or something. But you know. People see how Izzo treats his players, how he's just riding the officials for a whole game, a whole timeout, just yelling at the officials through the whole game, just riding the officials in their ear. And they see that as like tough love coaching. And, you know, oh, he's just an old school coach. He's, you know, he's just, he rides his players. You know, he gets the best out of them. Like, why is the narrative different? Why can you act the way Izzo does? And, you know, it, it's okay. It's just old school coaching. But, you know, you act the way Juwan does. Taking a swing at a coach is, you know, takes it to another level. But, and it, that scene is like losing your cool. Why Why is it that way? Well, that's the difference. He took a swing. Izzo that's hasn't like, anybody. Right. I just wish he wouldn't have done it. Mean, I just, if, 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 perfect world, he should have just reamed that entire Wisconsin, like, <laughs> like staff for a solid two minutes. That's what he should have, that's what I wish he would have done. And the cameras could have just been there picking up exactly what he said. Uh, but yeah, once you throw, once you, and it wasn't even, I wouldn't even call it necessarily a swing. I don't know if it was a push, uh, face palm, but 
people calling it a punch. It, it just flat out wasn't a punch. It wasn't a punch. If he had done that to me, it wouldn't have really injured me. Probably wouldn't have left a mark. So it, it's not a punch. I'm calling it's it a punch. punch. He, he ended up with an open hand, but it was a punch, man. Watching it live, watching it full speed. He had antenna hitting him right in the face. Yeah, it just opened up that hand at the last second. I think, uh, again, Ted, you, you know all about this. I think dad instincts came out in him. Yeah. He saw that assistant coach, coach come in and start putting his hands on his players. He was already heated. He was already right here. Saw that assistant coach put his hands on his players, and that boiled him over. He took a swing. Now, like, you know, the swing at the assistant coach, no. But I guess my point with the Izzo thing is, like, we've seen video of him grabbing Gabe Brown. Gabe Brown's trying to walk away and he's like pulling Gabe Brown back. We've seen him in the face of his other players and people I mean, like my point is like people see that as like, like I said, tough love coaching old school. So I, it's just weird that like the narrative is different. Let yeah. me ask something. Let me ask you guys something. You know, we should give a little bit to Michigan state too. They lost Illinois. Nice little comeback. Not quite enough at home. Tyson Walker, man, went wild with 24 of his 26 in the second half, but back to Izzo. You know, you had the Bobby Knight style, which is similar to Izzo, and you had players that went through the program, probably the majority of them like Bobby Knight, but there was a good handful that after their careers were done came out and said he was just, uh, he was nasty to play for, he was unfair, this and that. You never hear that. I don't know of anybody that has said that about Tom Izzo. Yeah, they've gone through the Hmm. system. They probably have had their issues during the games, during a season. But I don't think – I think probably to a man, everybody that's gone through a Michigan State program the entire time Izzo's been there, love the guy. Disagree or agree? I mean, I don't know everyone's opinion who played for him. You but know. have you heard of any negative? No, no. You, you, you haven't. And we, we're not saying I, – I, I don't think Matt said that Izzo isn't a good coach. Oh, it no. is a little – it's like I said. It's like I said at the start is – why have we gotten so soft? And Ted, didn't you you retweeted that video of Cal Perry and and yeah. Chaney from the nineties? You loved it. Probably loved Did it I say I loved it? I just retweeted so... it because it was relevant. Well, I, I just I I think that makes college basketball. Man, we talk about how how this college basketball season has sucked, and there's nothing that's bringing us in. This team's not very good. I tell you what, Juwan mixing it up on the sidelines has been the biggest moment of this college basketball season so far. It's the one that we've cared the most about. And I, I think that's majority people, not even just Michigan fans. It's well, give us something agree. to cheer about. I think we all agree with that point. The, he went over the line, though, mm-hmm. is my point. You cannot, whether it's a slap, whether it's a punch, he was 100% out of line, and that's why he's going to get the majority of the punishment. <laughs> Yeah, and, and he deserves, a, and I think he would agree, he deserves the majority of the punishment for, for yep. taking the swing. Uh, my larger point is I'm very curious to see what the Big Ten or Wisconsin, you know, NCAA, whatever, what they do to the Wisconsin coaches and players because if they just basically get a little slap on the wrist, one game, maybe two games, I think you're just setting like a, a dangerous bar that you're like, hey, it's so cool, it's okay if you come in and touch other players, if you come in and grab other coaches, that's okay. Oh. Well, wait a minute. Take a swing. You know, that's not. Well, yeah. But don't you think, and there's a very good chance, but we've all talked about it, that Juwan's going to get the rest of the season, whether it be by the Big Ten, whether it be a combination Big Ten and Michigan. There is no way that guard's going to get any more than a game or two and shouldn't probably get any more than a game or two. Yeah. I mean, he probably won't. Yeah, he probably won't. And should he? No, I don't (laughs) don't think so. Yeah, no. Maybe the assistant. It's it just sucks. Maybe. There's no way to really prove what was said, what happened. So, 
Uh, and like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if that assistant really didn't say anything bad that, that bad at all. I mean, we've seen Jawan freak out over a guy saying, take down the banners. So yeah. he's got a bad track record. So I'm not going to put my stick my neck out not knowing what that assistant coach said, knowing that it could have been something as dumb as that that really yeah. set him off. Yeah, I mean, you know, the mics were on because the mics picked up Juwan saying, don't F and touch me. So I'll be, I'll be curious if, you know, the rest the rest comes out. Back to your, your Izzo point. The one thing I'll say, and this might be, I respect Izzo as one of the greatest coaches in college basketball. Obviously, I don't like him very much as Michigan State's coach. I think part of, I, I think that the, the Spartan Nation is a little cult-like in the sense that I think former players don't want to be the first one to come out and say, I didn't like the way that Izzo, his style of coaching, you know, I don't, I think there's like a little side to like, they can't come out and do that because you don't want to be the first player to come out and say, yeah, Izzo went a little too hard on us. And I think there's a side to it like that. Um, Quick story. I work with a dude who's from Swartz Creek. Um, He's a Michigan state alum. And when he was there during the Draymond years and he was a videotape coordinator for the basketball team for two or three years. So he was at every practice traveled with the team, even went to Maui when they went and played in Maui. He was, he was on the road with them all the time around Izzo gets invited back to like the alumni, the basketball, that whole putt putt thing they do with the basketball team. So he, he, he knows what's going on. He's told me multiple times that what we see on TV barely scratches the surface with how Izzo acts during practice like we were watching like this is like a few like last season one of the times that you know Izzo was going nuts we were watching the game at work and I started just shaking my head and be like saying whatever the hell I was saying about Izzo and he was like dude you have no idea that right there is nothing compared to what he does in practice who knows what he's alluding to but you know for the people who just say like ah all the players love him look how they come back I think it's just also partly they don't want to be the ones that come out and say, yeah, Izzo's kind of a dick. I mean, look at how he treats us, you know, Spartan Michigan state fans put this dude up on a pedestal to the point where like he can literally degrade people and be in the ref's face. And they're just like, that's Izzo. That's Izzo. It's, just, it's kind of odd to me, but I'll get off yeah. my team anytime. I, yep. I, I'll, I also, I'm glad that Izzo, he's the last of a dying breed. And with cancel culture and everything that's coming around, I'm glad that there is still coaches like that. I, I don't see, like I said, he's not doing it to opposing players. He's not laying his hands on players. For the most part, we don't seem to see much negative about Tom Izzo from former players. If they're not mad at it, why should I? Um, so that's the way I look at it. Now, there probably is a ton. Like I said, there probably is a lot of players that don't like Izzo. But that's probably with any coach. I mean, I bet you behind sure. closed doors, Juwan's probably a little bit of a lunatic sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that it's just the same thing with the majority of coaches. Hey, did you play a lot under this coach? Did you have a good – like, did you succeed as an individual player? You probably like the coach. And if he benched you and you didn't hardly play, you probably hate him. That's I think that's yeah. the majority of how it goes for a lot of players. That's the nature of the game, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know what, boys? It's a pretty good discussion we had here. We need Juwan to do stuff like this more often. Gives us good uh, fodder for our podcast. Yeah. Quick, like quick, before, before we move on. So, you know, now moving past this, there is still yeah. a season. Let's just say he's suspended for the rest of the year or fired. So, basically, he's not on the sidelines. This, this either goes one of two ways. Either it buries Michigan and they end up losing, don't even make the tournament. This year is forgotten. Or it kind of lights a little fire. Maybe Phil Martelli takes over as the interim coach and they make a little run towards the tournament. Like, which way do you guys think it's going to go? Because we've said before, this team does have talent. 
So if this is something that can kind of spark them, you know, maybe they make a little run to the tournament. You know, I don't know. I I think maybe if they were, if maybe if, I just think there's going to be some suspensions coming for Diabate, Williams, who knows mm-hmm. who else. And if, if that wasn't the case, I would say, hey, maybe this team will rally around this for uh, a few games, maybe beat Michigan State. I will say I'm excited to see the Martelli experience, see, see if he's got anything left in the tank. It would be magical if he somehow made a run. I don't see it. This team's not good. But, hey, somehow, some way, he's got a little bit of magic left in the tank. Maybe they can make it to the Sweet 16 under him. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, if they weren't losing players, I'd, I'd kind of go along with that, too, because it would be kind of cool. It would kind of be like the, uh, the Steve Fisher situation all over okay. again, you know, with Martelli coming in right in the ship. And let's face it. There's been something wrong with this team all season long. Yeah. I think they have definitely underachieved. I think we all agree with that. Yeah. Uh, whether it be coaching, whether it be the players, I don't know. But, you know, if they if they ever were going to turn things around, it'd be kind of cool to see right now. So. Yeah, because like, like we were talking before, they've got a few games at home, so that helps. You know, they can play at home schedule, for a few games. They've got Michigan State, so if you really want to make a statement, beat Michigan State and, you know, yeah. make a little noise in the tournament. Or – lose a bunch of games and don't even make the tournament and move on so we want to we want to see them play uh wisconsin again in the tournament don't we <sighs> that'd be fun <laughs> all right fellas good discussion like i said we'll uh we'll close the podcast with a little entertainment right after this message looking to buy items online go to crauctions.com all you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. All right, I know you guys got a little bit to add to this. A uh, couple things, a couple shows I've been watching. You're right, Jared. I have a lot of time on my hands nowadays, mixing in sports viewing along with uh, television. Uh, just finished up a, a, a really cool series on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building with uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and uh, Selena Gomez. You know, it's not highbrow type of entertainment, but it was a good watch for, you know, 10 half-hour episodes. It was, it was really well done. I love Martin Short, too. He just is absolutely hysterical but it was a, it was a good series if you, if you want something to watch and kind of have your mind off things and uh, get a few laughs it was well done martin short i to be honest i've never like i always hear his name thrown around as like comedians and, and that sort of thing but honestly if i saw a picture of him i wouldn't be able to point him out in a crowd i don't know who he is really so I'll, i might have to i gotta check this guy out he seems right up your alley yeah he is he was kind of like in the 80s his 80s was when he was big was it yeah, I mean, he was part of, you know, we all know about Saturday Night Live, right? Yeah, he was on and, SNL, wasn't he? No, well, he was for a little bit, but he made his career at the beginning. He was on SCTV. It was a Canadian production with John Candy and, uh, oh, uh, who's the guy that was on uh, Schitt's Creek? Uh, Eugene Levy and some other, uh, Catherine O'Hara. They had a great crew for SCTV, and that's where I first came across Martin Short. But guy's just hilarious. He really is. Yeah, yeah Jared, he's my generation. Him and Steve Martin. <laughs> I <laughs> never, Martin I, I will say this about Steve Martin. I've never understood why people think Steve Martin is funny. I, I, and I know I'm way out for saying that. He's been in movies that I've seen, you know, when I was a kid. Two were by the dozen. 
I think when I was a kid, like I threw a DVD or a VHS in of like Pink Panther. I don't understand the love for that guy. You need I don't. to see the jerk. You got to watch right. the jerk, man. I don't get it, man. <laughs> I, didn't, I just don't think there's anything that I find funny about that guy. And wow. I know I'm probably in the minority, but I don't understand it. Generational again. It's definitely generational. <laughs> uh, another show. I know I've talked about it. I'll, I'll, I won't be very long here, but you know I love my documentaries. I saw one. It was an older one, probably 10 years old, that I just happened to come across it on PBS about Roberto Clemente. Really, really well done. I mean, uh, his whole story, you know, great humanitarian and uh, just the way that he went out in this world unreal and he he really was a hall of famer and a great player yep. but recently you know i don't really watch lifetime very often but i happen to see that uh, the janet Ted's getting into lifetime yeah janet jackson documentary <laughs> four-parter really really good <laughs> dude uh, you're can you take like a tv log every week what you what you like what you like every second from i do on the podcast every week. 30 this <laughs> right. is what i watch from three to three 315 i watch like honestly i think we need to that needs to be the next entertainment segment well it's, and it's we just gotta it's president's day today so i gotta get caught up on 1883 and euphoria and a few others yep <laughs> it was a great episode of euphoria i will say that i won't spoil anything okay uh, with that i will um come back to me I, I i just lost what i was gonna put out uh for well, my, matt i think you said you you tuned into something or other right i did yeah uh you know we've been talking a lot about pam and tommy and um TNT, I don't know if you guys have seen the promos either during the All-Star game or, you know, whatever. Uh, they they have this new series or it's coming out. It, well, it just started. It's called Rich and Shameless. It's going to mm-hmm. be one of those where each episode is like on a different topic. You know, something that happened with celebrities, whether it was a scandal or, you know, whatever. And the first uh, episode of Rich and Shameless was Pam and Tommy. And wow. this this one is... It's more like a documentary type thing, like a true story, unlike the you know Hulu series. So when I saw the promo for it, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to see this. <laughs> and it was a little underwhelming. I'll say that uh, it was because if you know some of the details, there were a few new nuggets, you know, that, that was kind of interesting. Um, it it kind of showed that, you know, like like TV shows usually do, like they the the story is there with the Pam and Tommy Hulu series, but you know, they, maybe it's a little out of order, you know, some of that stuff, you know, they, they made a little for TV, I guess, but I was, I was kind of excited for this. I was like, Oh, cool. This TNT thing. It might, you know, there might be some new details, but it was a little underwhelming, still interesting because still it's just like such a crazy story. So it it is still interesting. But the thing that we did start watching, it's a Hulu series again, secrets of playboy. And it's a, it's it's basically almost like a tell-all about Playboy yep. and Hugh Hefner. And, you got my attention. Yep. Again, it's all uh, it's all allegations, and after every show, they be they're sure to put up disclaimers and stuff that a bunch of the former playmates and people who worked at the Playboy mansions and were involved in Playboy are coming out and telling stories about Hugh Hefner, and so they make it they make sure that it's just allegations. You know, none of this maybe has necessarily right. been proven, but right there's a lot of fire to the smoke type of thing. Like this, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, they're, probably, they're not yeah. lying. And man, I'll tell you what, some bizarre stuff, right? Some bizarre. And I'm like, bizarre is saying it lightly. I mean, yeah. you know, when you, when you think about what the playboy mansion probably was, it's not shocking, but when you hear the, the women 
and some of the the men who worked for Hefner were security guards, you know, whatever they did. When you hear the stories, it's like, oh wow, how did this play how did Playboy continue on for so long? Right. And part of it's a little sad. Part of it's a little sad because I mean, Ted, you can remember back then women didn't really have a voice to like speak up. And, you know, obviously nowadays with, you know, certain movements and just, you know, being a little more fair about things, you know, this stuff would not fly nowadays. Back then they they felt like they didn't have a voice. They felt like they couldn't say anything. So it it is kind of sad, but who, man, it's interesting too, because Playboy is just like, it's Playboy. It's like a big brand. Um, so yeah, it's on Hulu secrets of Playboy. It is interesting. It's, it's pretty wild though. That's got to be the opposite of what I saw. I think it was on Amazon Prime where it was more of a sugar-coated, the, uh, the history of Hugh Hefner. American yeah, there's Hugh no sugar-coating. There's no sugar-coating No, here. I know. I Hugh saw Hefner. some things on social media about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anytime it's – I can't imagine what weird stuff. I am intrigued. I probably will check that out. Yeah. Hugh, it, Playboy was something that, like, when I was growing up, there would be, like, colognes and perfumes that were, like, Playboy. That That was, like, my first, like – initiation to what playboy even was from that i don't really know what it was it basically was that house and you'd hear like stories or parties and that was about it uh well, so the i magazine. guess it used Obviously to be what a tv show is kind of like where he became how he became hugh hefner was a tv show way back when i mean oh, yeah. i know a little bit but ted you kind of remember probably play playboy after dark and when you yeah. when we talk about playboy i mean it's right in the sweet spot of my generation i mean it's that's what it was in the 60s, man. When we got ourselves a copy of a Playboy magazine when we were 10 and 11 years old, it was lock up the house. <laughs> oh, it was even, I mean, it was the same way when I, like in the 90s, when I grew up. I mean, that yeah. was, I mean, when you, when you were a kid, but even through the 90s, it was probably like yeah. peak Playboy. If like someone, a kid like found a Playboy, it was like a huge deal. So it's right. just kind of funny. But again, it's just kind of a shame that, you know, a lot of the stuff that went on. I mean, there, there was, those allegations some, are true. That's the right, thing. There, there's some pretty wild, wild stuff. So it, it is worth the watch. Uh, I got one. Okay. I remembered what I was going to throw out. So I just watched this yesterday, actually, right after the Michigan Wisconsin game, the Tinder swindler is what it's called. It's on Netflix. No, I've seen people see, talk about this. You've seen, you probably see like, yeah, it's kind of like the, the show of the moment right now. I'm just going to say this guy was kind of brilliant. I mean, he clearly was a, a jerk in what he did, but he was brilliant. So what is basically his whole scheme was, and this isn't really a spoiler, basically give this to you 30 minutes into the dog. The guy basically was ha- like acted as if he was like this diamond. He was the quote unquote diamond prince. His dad was the diamond king. And he was acting like he couldn't use his own credit cards because like they were, people were tracing him, trying to kill him, this or that. So all these girls on Twitter, you know, beautiful girls, are basically like funding his billionaire lifestyle <laughs> where girls are taking out, you know, 250,000 in loans mm. to basically pay for this guy to go all over Europe and stay in, the, you know, five-star hotels and go to these like $5,000 a night nightclubs and this and that. The guy was living like a absolute king um, and just was swindling these girls through tw- Tinder. And it's just, it's eye-opening. It's a, It's a lot like if you guys have ever seen the, don't uh don't f with cats doc where it's sort of it's like it's the same sort of style follows it you know through like the internet and has a lot of the computer uh like kind of clicking around with narration over it and that's what's it was just a great documentary good one-time watch you know hour 45 minutes i think just a wild story like i said you kind of leave it thinking one the guy is obviously a piece of shit but two what a racket he had going just like a con man just a classic con man is the only way to describe it (laughs) 
Yeah, one of my buddies was telling me about it. <clears throat> Sorry. And I asked him, I was like, so like, did he go to jail? Did he get in trouble? And he was like, no, because these yeah. women willingly gave him this money. And then, you know, shitty what he did, you know, kind of a, a bad person, obviously, but he didn't do anything wrong, like illegal. So he yeah. got all this money and got to got to run his scheme. It, it is kind of crazy. Yeah, He's I'm going to check out there. I'll definitely check it out. Driving Lambos, driving Rolls Royces. Like he's still living that same lifestyle. It really doesn't make sense, but hey, more, I guess, I I don't know. It's just, it's a sad story, but it's also just like, come on, (laughs) got to be smarter than that. Right. Wow. He obviously, he knew who to target. He knew, he knew the kind of women to target, you know, and he knew how to fake it, to be honest. Like I was watching it, like I said, the first 30 to 40 minutes of it before they reveal like kind of those whole backwards, you kind of like, don't see how it could be fake. It's, it's hard to explain. Like he's on a new flight. (laughs) I mean, I guess when you have unlimited money, you can pretty much fake anything, but just, just worth a watch. It's eye opening what happens out there on the internet that you don't hear about. Crazy. I'll take it. It all started. It all started with Pam and Tommy. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. All right, guys, I think we've made it through another podcast. Uh, uh, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. Good stuff out there. For all our listeners, we do appreciate you, and uh, we do definitely appreciate our partners. That include Pro Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, Brand New On Board, The Wash, the ALS Association of Michigan, and Z92.5 The Castle. And speaking of The Castle, this Friday night, February 25th, Seven o'clock. We've got uh, the remake, the re uh, regame of Corona Atawaso. Yeah, I lost my thought there for a minute, but uh, Corona Atawaso always a lot of fun. Casey will be joining me on the girls contest, and uh, we'll have both of those replayed at Three Point Podcast. And get this, we'll have a special Three Point Podcast. Matt, get ready to throw it on our site. We have unbeaten Freeland, the Freeland Falcons, pretty decent coach. At Puamo Westphalia, the game will take place Saturday night. We'll post that on our website oh, cool. shortly thereafter. So, a lot how's, of fun. How's, and, uh, how's PW's basketball team? I know Freeland's good, obviously. I, I, always really good. I think they have three losses. So, it should be a nice competitive game with, you know, kind of a regional matchup. Looking yep. forward to it. Good program and, every year. Yep. I was Absolutely. gonna say, so is PW their basketball like the football team? Just good every not, year? Not as good, but just, you know, they're gonna win probably 15 games every year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, they've won a state championship. They probably would have won another state championship in 2020, but uh, that season got wiped out. So yep. it's going to be a lot of fun to do. And like I said, guys, I mean, we got the brand new sponsor, The Wash. You know, spread the word out there. I mean, we're, we're really reasonable. Get a hold of us. We can get you on board. So it's that easy. Yeah. For, Jer- <laughs> for Jared Fattel and Matt here, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everybody. God bless America. Let's stay out of war and bye for now. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease and every 90 minutes someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org.